Church family, it has been a hard week in the world as a global pandemic is touching millions of lives and it's touching us locally. Already this week we've had conversations with people who are having problems with their physical health, people who are struggling emotionally with loneliness in the midst of social distancing, people who have already lost their jobs or are facing some significant financial pressures. And in the midst of all this difficulty, first thing we just want to say is that we love you. We are praying for you. And if you have needs, please reach out uh, to your pastors, reach out to us, reach out to your friends in the church family. We really want to take care of each other in this time and to meet each other's needs. Second thing that I want to say is that Jesus is still good and he's still on his throne. I want to direct your attention to a verse of scripture that's been on my mind almost every morning when I wake up recently. And that's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. This verse says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This verse reminds us that though our circumstances change and are often incredibly uncertain, Jesus doesn't change. He is faithful and he is reliable. This means that the same love of Jesus that was poured out for us on the cross is with us right now. If you're asking the question, where is God in the midst of all this pain and all this suffering, you just need to look at the cross. And at the cross, we find God coming near to us, suffering with us, suffering for us. He endured abandonment and loneliness and shame. He bore our damnation. He bore our sin so that we could be forgiven and have a relationship with him. So Jesus is with us. He still loves us. Not only that, but... If you're asking the question, who is strong enough to save us? Who can deliver us from the madness that we find in the world? Just look at the resurrection of Jesus. Look at the empty tomb. Because the same power of Jesus that conquered death that we're about to celebrate at Easter, that same power is still with us today. Jesus loves us. His love hasn't changed. His power hasn't changed. And so in the midst of lamenting, and grieving because of sickness, because of death, because of rising unemployment rates, because of financial problems facing our community. We can grieve, we can lament, but we still have hope because we know that sickness and death and sin do not get the last word. Jesus gets the last word. And because he is risen from the dead, everyone who trusts in him will rise with him to a world which is free of this pain. So we can have hope And we can keep loving each other while we hold on to Jesus. Jesus has been the Lord of all creation. He is the Lord of creation. He will always be the Lord of Mm -hmm. creation. He has not lost control. Even when we feel and and rightly feel that we have lost control, he is Lord. And he's he's also a good shepherd. Mm -hmm. You know, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one who saw you when you were a lost sheep, desperate and despairing. He's the one who, who, who sees the broken sheep, picks that sheep up, dusts the mud off, fixes the broken wounds, covers their wounds with his blood, and then holds them, holds them and brings them home. And so right now the reality is, even in the turmoil, Jesus is holding you. He's holding me. He's holding us. And so our responsibility then 
is to hang on to Jesus as he holds on to us. Here at Christ Community Church, we talk a lot about what it looks like to live life in a relationship to Jesus. And we use three words to describe it. It's up, in, and out. Jesus calls us up into a relationship with God that transforms us from the inside out. He calls us in to a new community of love, the church, the family of God. And he calls us out to go out in the power of the Spirit to share his love in word and in deed. He calls us up in and out. So in this time, even with a global pandemic, he's calling us to live up, in, and out. So we're going to talk a little bit about what does this up in and out dynamic look like in the midst of the COVID-19 moment that we're in right now. So I'm going to talk first about up. Jesus calls us up by grace into a new relationship with God. We don't have to earn God's love. God already loved us. And if we trust in Jesus, that God forgives our sins and brings us into a new relationship with himself by grace. And I think this is a unique time for us to grow spiritually and to grow in this relationship with God. And one of the reasons is that the very pain that we're experiencing is a shocking reminder that God is God and we are not. That God alone is the Savior and nothing else can save us. That God is our rock and our stability. And lots of things we maybe thought we could depend upon, like our job or our health, really we can't depend upon. We have to remember the reality that only God is in control and we can trust Him. To help us think about this, I want to uh, direct our attention to three passages in the biblical book of Isaiah that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And the first one is from Isaiah chapter 46. Now this is a passage in which the true God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is contrasting himself with false gods that will let us down. And I want to direct your attention especially to verses 9 and 10. In verse 9, beginning in the middle of the verse, we hear God saying this, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. We're in a time right now in which all of us probably feel incredibly out of control. We cannot control our situations. And that is an accurate feeling. And that's actually an accurate feeling all the time. But right now, moments like this kind of blow away the illusion that we were ever in control. And remind us, um, you know, we, we aren't, but we know a God who is sovereign, who is powerful, who knows the future. It says he declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. So God, in his love and in his grace, is at work in the world. And, and one of the mysteries that the Bible teaches us is that because of sin, the world's filled with brokenness and pain, and it doesn't make sense. When you try and make sense of it, it just doesn't work, which is why a book like Ecclesiastes says, look, the world's filled with vanity. You can't make sense of all the evil and suffering and pain everywhere. But there is a God, a good creator and savior, who will make it right, and you can trust him. And so in this time, as we're reminded God is God and we are not, let's turn our attention back to the one who is in control, the one who knows the future, Five years ago when we were making plans that just got wrecked this week, God already knew it was going to happen and he loved us. He already knows as, as we're wrestling with questions like, how many people are going to get sick? How is this going to affect my loved ones? What's going to happen to the unemployment rate or to the economy? God knows and he loves us 
And earlier in this same chapter, in verses 3 and 4, God had said, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have, born, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age. I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made, and I will bear. I will carry, and I will save. This is what Chauncey was talking a moment ago. You know, God is carrying us. He has carried us from before we were born, and he's going to carry us not only throughout our lives, but we know because of Jesus, he's going to take us through death into eternal life with him and the new creation. Second passage I want to point you to is Isaiah 57:15. This is great because it reminds us not only that God is high and he's in charge, but also that he comes down low to be with us in the midst of our difficulty. The text says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. So the text is saying God is powerful, he's holy, he's eternal, he knows everything, he has all wisdom, but he's also a God of compassion. If you want to know how low God will go to be with you in your pain, again, you just look at the cross of Jesus. God clothed himself with human weakness, bore our sin, bore our death in order to rescue us. He took our punishment. He got what we deserve so we could get what Jesus deserves, which is life and the new creation. So that's how low he will go. And if you want to know how high and how powerful he is, you just look again at the resurrection of Jesus. He's stronger than death. If you trust in him, he will lead you through hard times, even through the grave, into a new creation and a life with him that's filled with joy. Because of this, it's just so important that we put our attention in the, last, in the right place, that we focus on God. So the last verse I want to point you to is Isaiah 26, verse 3, which just says really simply, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Now this is a time in which a lot of us are dealing with fear we're dealing with stress, we're dealing with anxiety, and it tells us, listen, those are normal human emotions to have, but in this time we can have a deep peace that runs through it all if we fix our attention on Jesus and simply trust the God of power and love who has never let us down. If we trust him, he will prove himself faithful. So that's going to take a little discipline on our part. This is a time to prioritize our relationship with Jesus, to think more about Jesus and his kingdom than we think about our fears for the future. You know, one simple thing that I've done, I I want to make this a time of prayer and a time of Bible reading. And I find myself getting on my phone all the time to check the updates. And so what I would say to you is maybe an, an encouragement. You could do what I did, which is put a Bible app right in the prominent place on the home screen on my phone and just commit, I'm going to try to read the Word of God and think about His eternal Word before I look at the news so that I'm going to be looking at the changing times from a perspective of eternal wisdom and my relationship with God is going to drive my perspective on the world. Well, that's up. And now we're going to move to in, that God calls us into a new relationship with other people who are also recipients of the grace of God. I'm, I've been thinking about the passage that we have in Romans chapter 12. In Romans 12, Paul is, is commending the church in Romans and exhorting them to live in light of the gospel, live in light of the fact that they have been justified not by their works, 
but by sheer grace. Mm -hmm. That Jesus gave his life to save sinners who could not save themselves. And in the beginning of Romans, we, we, we hear Paul say, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable to God. But the, but the reality here is that he's not calling us just into an individual life of worship and service. But we are part of a new community of grace recipients who then can practice that love with one another. So look at verse 9. Verse 9 starts by saying, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Now, Paul is writing to a specific people at a specific time. But we know that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, who is speaking to all people at all times. And that means that we can practice these verses now in our time. So what is Paul saying? He starts off by saying, let love be genuine. And the Greek here says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let's talk about that word hypocrisy for a moment. Hypocrisy is putting on airs. Hypocrisy is being totally concerned with myself so I can make a good impression for other people. Hypocrisy is covering my sin for the praise of men. I don't want to be exposed. I want to mask myself. So that I can look better for other people. That's what hypocrisy is. And what Paul here is saying, what the Holy Spirit is telling to us is, let your love not be like that. Let your love be genuine. Let your love be sincere. Let your love be like my love for you. God didn't just say, I love you, and then turn us loose. Jesus didn't say, I love you, and then not demonstrate it. But God demonstrated his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ came and gave everything for us. He gave us himself. He gave us his resources. He gave us life. If you trusted in Christ, trusted that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose again, that means he has given you an inheritance in the heavens that you cannot even express. And when you get there, it'll just be, wow. And he gives us the experience of his kingdom now with the first fruits of his spirit. And he calls us to live out of that spirit by demonstrating love, genuine love, by aborting, aborting what is evil, holding fast to what is good, in other words, hating that which God hates and loving that which God loves. And that looks like loving your brother, loving each other within the body of Christ as family. Hmm. In other words, if you treat your grandma like that, then treat the older member in your congregation like that. If you treat your brother like that, as you should, as mama calls you to, then treat your neighbor in the church like that. Outdo one another in showing honor. In other words, take the lead in honoring and encouraging one another. Mm. Don't be slothful in zeal. Don't hold back and wait for someone to come to you, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Serve the least of these with a fervency. Serve the most vulnerable in our congregation with, with a zealous passion for seeing them experience the grace of God. He calls us to rejoice in hope. We're not those who suffer without hope. We know that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. We know that Jesus is coming again. He's going to bring his kingdom. We already see the kingdom breaking forth now. And he's saying rejoice in that. And let that let you be patient to endure, to persevere even through suffering. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. 
Now, these are all things that characterize the children of God, because as we experience the love of God for ourselves, we begin to practice that one with another. Things, you know, we're trying to figure out what to do, how to do that in the midst of a global pandemic. How do you do that when the closest you can get to somebody is six feet away? How do you do that from the confines of your own house? Well, we're going to figure that out, church, together. We got to do it together. And I already hear some of you doing this. You're joining new virtual chat rooms and trying to find video conferencing apps. You can keep in touch with your friends. Let's keep doing that. Let's, let, let's reach out with phone calls. Let's initiate text messages and encouraging emails to each other. Maybe even write a handwritten note. Use some old technology just to try to encourage one another and help each other stay firm in the faith. We got to do this together. We got to reach out. We got to be the body of Christ. Now, one way you're going to hear about very, very soon is about one way we're trying to do that, which is through virtual community groups, where we'll, we'll highlight content like this, we'll prevent some, present some Bible uh, uh, teaching, and then we'll have the opportunity in groups across the internet to talk about it, to discuss it, to fellowship one with another. Let's do in together, even through the difficulty. It's a good word, Shanti. Um, the love that Jesus has for us is teaching us how to love each other. And finally, the love of Jesus is sending us out to love our world, to share his love by the power of his spirit in word and in deed. Now, one of the passages of scripture in which Jesus talks to us about the importance of sharing his love with the world is Matthew chapter 5. And he uses this metaphor of salt and light. Salt in the ancient world was used to preserve meat. It kept the rod away and preserved what was good. And light, of course, shines in the darkness. So Jesus is saying, preserve what is good and bring God's transforming love to change the situation that you're in. Let's read the passage. It's Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Right now is a, a moment of opportunity for the church of Jesus to shine his love into the world so that people will see the goodness of God and worship God. Now, the reality is it's going to take a lot of wisdom and a lot of creativity and probably some patience for us to figure out exactly what does that look like. You, salt usually comes up close. Salt gets in the middle of the food that it's salting, but we're supposed to stay six feet away from one another at this moment. So what is it going to look like? I, I mean, I think one of the honest answers is we don't know right now. Nobody is an expert on this situation, but we do know Jesus. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. So as we're patient and wise and creative, we're going to find a lot of ways to love each other. Just start thinking right now, who are some of the neighbors that you know or people in your community who might be very lonely, who really need a phone call from you just to see how they're doing and to listen to them as they share their concerns? Start thinking about who are some of the vulnerable people in your neighborhood, maybe even at your workplace, people that your kids go to school with, uh, who maybe they don't have transportation. They're going to need help um, picking up groceries. They're going to need help. Uh, picking up medicine? Who are some people that are at risk because of their age or because of pre-existing conditions that you need to reach out to and make sure that they are safe? We as a church have already been in conversation with community leaders like school administrators, 
apartment managers, public health officials, saying to them, hey, if this thing escalates and continues to get worse, we want to know what the needs are so that we can call people from our church community and from other churches to come serve. So we're looking for for what are the best strategies going to be, and we'll pray and ask God to show us that as we go. But right now, I just want to say, people of God, let's be ready as Jesus gives us opportunity, and let's be proactive in thinking, how can we share his love with the world that needs it? And I'll tell you one thing that everybody needs. This is a moment in time in which people are thinking about sickness, they're thinking about death, they're thinking about what comes after death, they're examining their lives, they're asking big questions about God and the universe and the meaning of life. So this is a time where we need to tell them about our relationship with Jesus. We need to say to people, Jesus died for your sins so that you can find forgiveness and healing by grace through faith in Jesus. People need to hear that message through whatever medium, phone calls, text messages, letters, on social media. Let's share the gospel with the world that desperately needs it during this time. Well, we want to pray for you, and then we'll close our time. Our Father, I thank you for my friends. I pray that you would help us in this time to grow deeper in our love and deeper in our relationship with you. God, thank you for for giving us this season to know you. I pray you'd help us to grow in that relationships across our church family would would deepen in this time and would become more solid in this time. I pray, God, you give us opportunities to share the good news about Jesus, to demonstrate that in love and in deed. And I pray that you would get all the glory for Jesus' sake. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen.